Hi, my name is Kiana Fountaine. And I'm Jody Lewis. We are here to discuss topics like self-love, personal development, mental health, unlearning and relearning with age, and everything in between. It's time to reflect. This is the Mirror Mirror Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to our second episode of Mirror Mirror Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, We apologize for not putting out an episode last month. Honestly, I think last month was a little hectic for both of us. We had a lot of changes. (laughs) But all is well. I think we're both doing well. Um, Yeah. Jody, you want to just tell us some updates? Whatever you want to give us some updates. Okay, yes. The the last month has been super hectic, but it's also been pretty really, really good. I gotta go see my grandbaby, which she is she has my entire heart. I love her so much. She's so cute. And she's already so brilliant. It blows my mind. (laughs) And she can't even talk yet. But she had her first little giggle while I was there, which was adorable. Yeah. So I was able to do that. It's it was already freezing in North mm-hmm. Idaho, so it felt good to get back down here to Florida. Mm-hmm. And what else? I started doing physical therapy for my movement disorder. For those of you that don't know, I do have a movement disorder um called spinocerebellar ataxia. And so this physical therapy is kind of cool because I get to use an exoskeleton. So I look like Grandma Robot. So I'm gonna be the the grandma that my my granddaughter wants to bring me to show and tell because she'll be like, "Let me show you my grandma. She's a robot." <laughs> anyway, it's it's really fun. It's really cool. All the different things that they do and with the different exoskeletons, all the different adaptive um, equipment they that they use this is at a neuro recovery center which is really cool so yeah nice cool amazing updates yeah those are the things that i've been oh and my niece came and visited so it's it's been fun good what about you lots of family time awesome for me i actually moved across the country (laughs) in the last month that was quite exciting currently i'm in florida very close to jody's so that's nice we're finally closer on the same coast you know I was in California yeah (laughs) so it's easier to coordinate meetings and you know things now but um I'm in Orlando Florida working at Disney World which is a very new experience for me um this is an internship that I'm doing and I work at a resort and it's actually really enjoyable I didn't really know what I was getting into when I first signed up for this internship because there's so many there's a variety of roles pretty much like you could work in the parks you could work at resorts you could work like food and beverage custodial like merchandise there are just so many opportunities and different avenues but I really like my role in resorts Um, I'm like front desk and it's super easy it's like hospitality so and then yeah and I really like it out here in Florida it's it's super different from home but I love it um, it's so humid and hot all the time. <laughs> I still haven't gotten I feel like it's it. cold right now. It seems cold to me right now. I'm still sweating. I only have to, <laughs> I walk, like, I take the bus every day. I was just telling Jody this. Um, and my bus stop is, like, five minutes away. But 
every time I get on the bus, like my arms and everything is already sweaty. I'm like, I only was outside for five minutes. <laughs> I don't get it. It's just like the type of heat that you can't get off of you. It just sticks on you. <laughs> it's a very different heat down here than it yes. is over on the West for Coast sure, side. Yeah, because I'm used to that dry, that dry heat. But um, yeah. Anyways, what else? So what do you love about it? What do you love about working at this amazing resort? Can we even say the name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you already say it? I wasn't even, yes. I didn't know. Okay. Same. Yeah. Disney World. <laughs> um, I Well, I work at Coronado Springs Resort at Disney World. It's one of the very many resorts. I think it's like 31 different resorts they have here. But um, I love working at Disney as a whole because obviously it's just such an impactful company i think everyone knows kind of the disney um experience they they equate that to like a magical feeling they know it's like really good customer service so it makes me feel proud to be a part of that and everyone says like you can make your own magic even if you're not mickey even if you're not you know <laughs> someone yes. on stage or anything like that even if it's just you know like a front desk person at a hotel or even a custodial, like you can make your own magic and you can make someone's day and their experience. And also specifically at my role in the resorts, a lot of the time I'm the first impression um, for a lot of people coming to Disney because they're checking into their hotel. They're like so excited to go to the parks and they come up to me and they're like, I, this is my first visit and I get to write their little first visit button. And I'm like, That's what plans so do you have? And like, I give them um, recommendations on where to eat and like just those little things that I know I'm like impacting their experience. And sometimes this is a once in a lifetime experience for people or sometimes they're coming back and it's just like memories from their childhood. And I'm like, this is so cool. Um, so I love it. Honestly, I, I didn't grow up going to Disney a whole lot. Um, okay. there's Disneyland of course in California, it's in SoCal and I'm in Northern California. And I think I went maybe once or twice to Disneyland in my whole life. Okay. And I knew a lot of friends of mine that were like super big Disney fans. We call them Disney adults <laughs> because they still go. We're like 23 years old and they go yeah. all the time. <laughs> but One of my closest friends is so in love with Disneyland and yeah. she's, she's older than me. Mm -hmm. And they're yeah. obsessed with all the movies mm -hmm. and um, all the different Disney branches like Marvel and things like that too. And I've never been a super fan of, honestly, any of those fan bases. Mm -hmm. I, I like Marvel a little bit, but um, even growing up, like, I wasn't super into, like, princesses and things like that. So I feel like I got on the Disney wave a little late in life because now I'm, like, finally ex experiencing it. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, actually. Like, I can see why you guys have all this merch and you, like, <laughs> go to all the yeah. movies. I'm like, I like this. So yeah. it's cute. It's that back to what you said, it's making your own magic. And what I like about it, it always, you know, that I'm like a child heart, all mm -hmm. about the child heart and all yes. about the child heart ego. Oh my and God. that's what that's about is yeah. listening to our child heart and we all have our own kind of magic. So mm -hmm. we don't have to compare that with anybody else's. We just get to enjoy no. our own. And when we're doing that, then it spreads. That's when the love spreads. Yes, for sure. So that's what's so cool about Disney. I'm yeah. excited for you. That is Thank such you. a cool internship. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, like we what you were saying about the child heart, like 
It kind of makes me teary eyed every time I like see like a little black girl like wearing like a Princess Tiana dress. I'm like, oh my god, stop! Like that is me. And I'm like, I just look at her and I'm like, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's so cute. Yeah. Um, It's kind of hard when you see little girls that are representative of you and you see how Mm -hmm. wonderful and amazing they are and how we would never talk negatively to them, right? You would never say anything negative to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the same time, we have that little girl, that little Kiana is inside of Mm -hmm. you. And how often (laughs) do we talk negatively about ourselves? I know. Yeah. So that's something that I encourage everybody to remember is that we all got that little child heart inside of us. And so when that negative self-talk mm-hmm. starts, that's who you're hurting. Yeah. That I little mean, girl in that Disney outfit. Right. She's here. She's in exactly. You. Yeah. And you just think like you would protect her at all costs. Like if anyone were to say yes. anything, I mean, like I would fight for her. But then it's like you got to fight for yourself, too. So, yeah. Exactly. And visiting so, yourself. <laughs> always be nice girl. to my friend Kiana. No negative <laughs> self-talk. We yeah. go there, though. It's <laughs> it's so easy for us to go there because mm-hmm. it turns into habit. And habits yeah. not – our thoughts are habit, too. And most of us don't recognize that. So mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work. It does. Disney is the best place to get in touch with your child heart. Oh, my gosh. For sure. Even, like, yeah, <laughs> people that are – they've been here forever like they still have something about them I'm like oh my gosh they're yeah very much in touch with like their silly side and like playful and I'm like I love that about them like they're young forever it's not yeah about age so I'm reading a book right now called the wise heart I think that's what it's called Mm-hmm. I, I can if it's not correct I'll give you the right name when we're done with the podcast and we can put it in the note but it's by Jack Cornfield. And it's about, um, it, he's a psychology, he has a PhD, he lives out in California, he's written a couple books, that type of thing. But he also studied Buddhism and Buddhism psychology and things of that nature. But one of the things that while he was on that journey um, of living with Buddhist monks, one of the things that he learned is that our Western culture, and I might be totally destroying this, but this is what my brain picked up from reading this part. But he learned that our Western culture is the culture that mostly does that negative self-talk. So in the Buddhist culture, or like with Dalai Lama and and things of that nature, they don't do that negative self-talk. According to Mr. Gornfield, who wrote the book, but that kind of blew my mind because that's what most people, when we're in session and things are, that's what we're really looking at is reframing our thinking and kind of what people tell themselves. So interesting, but yeah, Yeah, that's not surprising to me, honestly, Um, just thinking about like the American dream, like how sometimes superficial it can be like on paper, what so many Americans are striving for but then it's like that that and that is supposed to equate happiness or like fulfillment but it's like you didn't have to get all those things you could have felt happy before those things but anyways yeah that's a hundred percent that's a lot of what this book talks about too there's another book that I'm reading and I don't remember the name I think the gentleman that wrote it he wrote it with Oprah and forget that name and his name is I think it's Arthur Brooks 
You probably should cut this part out, though, because I'd be so embarrassed <laughs> if I got the name wrong. <laughs> but that's what he, he studies happiness and how we don't really have a measure for that and how um, what it really means to be happy. And it's not striving. We think, oh, it's going to be this next thing. Right, oh, let me do this. Let me do this. Let mm -hmm. me do this. It's not the destination. It's where we're at in the moment mm -hmm. because that's really the only thing that's real is what's right here, right now. Anyway, right. it's really, I just started that book, but I'm so far I'm loving it. And oh, I know I he writes that. for the New York Times and everything. So hopefully I got us a name right. I love that. Oh my I God. won't forget it after this. We can go on and on about this subject, honestly. Okay, because I know. Time is an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only have today. Like, we can go Okay. <laughs> but we, we could. And I think that's a really good segue into getting me back on track. Because that's what I do. <laughs> um, no, I feel like that was a good intro. I think it was real. And... Yeah, but we should update everyone on company updates, one change group updates. We have quite a few things coming up at the end of the year yeah. and looking forward into next year. So exciting news. We've got a ton of things going for one change group, not to toot our own horn, but we're just making moves all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, Giving Tuesdays coming up at the end of November. Yeah, the end mm -hmm. of November, the 28th, I believe. But you don't have to wait until Giving Tuesday to donate. So we will be opening up um, specifically like a Giving Tuesday donation fund. We have a goal to beat last year's donations um, during the holiday season. I think it was like 1500 that we got last year. So mm -hmm. if you're listening um, and you feel inclined to donate, you are welcome to. And we can send you the link. We can, yeah, just DM us, whatever. We'll send you the link. And you can also find it on our Instagram, like next yeah. week. And I want to talk a little bit, Kiana, about where those funds go with people donate to yeah. our organization. A hundred percent of the funds go into our scholarship accounts. So people that either are underinsured can get help out of our scholarship fund, or people who have no insurance. And this is really important. Um, there is about nationwide about 50% of um, the Medicaid population lost their Medicaid insurance. So some of those people we were working with and lost their Medicaid insurance, well, they still need that mental health counseling. And so what we do is we reduce our fees for that mental health counseling. And then that money, in addition to that, comes out of our scholarship funds. So people can still get their mental health needs met. And it's been really important. I think that it's been a really beautiful thing to see. We have some donators or some people that donate consistently and that that's really helpful because those funds get pretty low sometimes. Also 5% of all of our sales and services that we have go directly into that fund. Mm -hmm. So right. I just wanted to share that as well. For sure. Yeah. Now more than ever, it's just a really crucial time for so many people. And um, yes. like we said, your donations are definitely powering this movement and you are creating the impact that we are able to give to all of our clients in our community. So we really appreciate you for following along on this journey and all your support, um, whether it's just a view or even if you're donating, we appreciate it all. So thank you so much. 
And then on top of all those amazing updates, we also have one huge one. Um, We are partnering with Community Cancer Services out of North Idaho, and you will have to stay tuned for updates about that. But we are very excited to be working with their executive director, and hopefully we'll be getting her on a podcast sometime soon. Yes, I'm excited about that partnership, and I'm excited for you guys to all hear what, or you all to hear what we are going to be doing with them and how together we get to serve the community. So yes, it's exciting. Sure. So be on the lookout for a newsletter and a blog coming up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So I think we went through some of our bigger updates, um, but for tradition reasons, we need to do our check-in. All right. Okay, jumping right into it, our icebreaker. Jody, what is your monthly favorite? I've been thinking about this a lot because I didn't want to be caught off guard again and throw out an extra dirty martini. So <laughs> I I think I'm just going to go to that book because I'm re- the book that I referenced earlier by Jack Cornfield, The Wise Heart. I love that right now. I'm really um, just, I continue to even go back and highlight and really think it's helping me think it's really hitting the head and the heart. So love it. how about you? I think. My monthly favorite would be this two-piece set that I'm currently wearing for all the people watching on YouTube, but if you are listening, I'll describe it. It is like a satin pleated two-piece loungewear set. A lot of people think it's pajamas, but it's actually supposed to be loungewear, so you can like wear it outside, but every time I wear it at the house, my parents would be like, why are you wearing pajamas outside of the house? But I'll show, I'll show you. It looks like this. And every time I wear it, I get compliments on it. Like, all the time. Nice. Like, it's literally just a two-piece set. But it makes me feel good. And it's comfy. And you could wear it to everything, I guess. Um, nice. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you. Okay, cool. Let's jump into the topic is tough conversations around mental health. Um, so, Jody, I wanted to talk a little bit about a multitude of things. Last month was Suicide Prevention Month, so I really want to touch on that. And okay. this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we recently became partners with Community Cancer Services, so I think it's important that we discuss um, some of that cancer and also fatal diseases. And then with it, with us entering winter pretty soon, I think it's also important that we talk about SAD um, or seasonal affective disorder. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I'd love to talk about all of those topics with you. I want to share with everybody with these conversations and with these topics, we can get into pretty sensitive information, including topics of death and dying and things of that nature. So if you don't feel like you want to move forward listening to the episode, because of that, maybe you're not in a space today. I just wanted to give that that warning. I would encourage you all to continue to listen if you do feel like you're in a space that you're able to to do so. Well said. Perfect. So let's hop into our first topic, I guess, which would be um, Suicide Prevention Month. Obviously, this is an uncomfortable talk to have. Nobody wants to talk about these things, but 
I think silence is violence. And if we don't talk about these things, that is what perpetuates the stigmas behind mental health. And not being able to have these conversations is why it creates such isolation for people dealing with it, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even talking to their closest friends, like nobody wants to talk about this. So, but with us being in this space, I think it's important to get rid of that stigma and have these open and honest conversations so that we can inform you guys. And hopefully you guys feel empowered to have those conversations within your own communities and speak out against it and advocate for mental health and better mental health in all communities. Yeah, I I was really I so it was September that was suicide prevention month and I was watching some of the socials. I don't I'm not on the socials a lot, but I was looking at some of the socials and the content that was put out surrounding it. And it it actually warms my heart that people are learning more about suicide and the stigmas that surround suicide. Most everybody has been affected by suicide in some form or another, whether it be um, people are having suicidal ideation themselves, or maybe they've had somebody that has died by suicide in their family or attempted suicide in their family. And so it is important to be able to have these conversations. And I know that in my generation where, you know, we're older and I I think that some of those messages still stick kind of like what we were even talking about earlier, like the systems you grow up in, what are you taught about those messages? So I had to really challenge some of my thinking surrounding suicide and what I was taught from the just the era in which I grew up in. So there's some pretty stigmatizing language that really shuts people down. And I don't know, I'm curious what your thoughts are with from a generational perspective. Do you think that your generation, Kiana, is more open? Or do you think that there's still a lot of struggles surrounding talking about suicidal ideation? Mm-hmm. That is a great question. Um, Obviously, it's hard for me to compare what I don't know. You know, I'm not sure how other generations were, but to me, maybe it's just because it's such a topic in my personal life. Like, I'm very comfortable with talking about all forms of mental Mm -hmm. health, um, Mm -hmm. and it's something I'm very passionate about. So I surround myself with people that that have similar passions, and we're all very honest with each other. So I- That's beautiful. In my life, I feel like, it's, it's there. It's not anything hidden. Um, as a generation, I feel like we've made big strides in trying to destigmatize some of those topics. Um, and I feel like also during the pandemic, there might've been a little bit of a trend with discussions about mental health. And I'm like, this is a really good trend. Like, keep it up. Yeah. The topic. So, um, I think that that was kind of one of the silver linings in the pandemic. Yeah, I think one of, as it relates to suicide, one of the things that I still hear often, first, there's some stigmatizing language. So we have to have grace for those of us who still sometimes say things that are stigmatizing and we don't even realize it. But it's really important for us as a community as a whole 
to learn about language and how that does continue to stigmatize people and um and it it makes it not safe for people to talk about suicide one of the things that i hear often still is suicide is a very selfish mm. act Mm -hmm. And most people that are dying by suicide or have attempted suicide are actually thinking very differently. They're thinking that um, maybe the world might be better off without them, or they might not be thinking at all about, you know, the, the outcome of what that might look like. Maybe it's just too tough. And that's where they see is their only way out. Mm -hmm. So by being able to talk about it and saying, Hey, I'm having some of these thoughts and yes, I have a plan mm -hmm. and, um, talking to your friend, talking to your therapist, talking to somebody that can help anybody who's having that kind of thinking, get it outside of themselves and create a plan mm -hmm. to help them come up with reasons for living. Or if mm -hmm. they can't even get to that space, then go to the doctor, go to the hospital so they can work through a plan to keep themselves safe. It's really important to do that. And one, one of the things that I love is 988. Mm -hmm. so we have that, we have, which is for those of you that are not aware, that's the suicide crisis lines. So mm -hmm. there's counselors, there's professionals that are, they're able to talk to you that can help you come up with a crisis response plan or even get the care that you need. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. Right. And are you able to text 988? I can't remember if that's also. That is such a good question. Yes, you can. They, you can text 988 as well. And they have somebody that's there, a professional that can walk you through some of that. And I think the most important thing is really just getting it outside of ourselves. There's also a difference. Sometimes people don't recognize there's a difference between suicidal ideation, which is where people think about dying and some of those things. And then we have the next step, which is where does somebody have a plan in place? And if there's a plan in place, what is that plan? Right. And so if some of your friends or um, people that you love or anybody is really talking about suicide, it's important for us to just not avoid the top topic, but say, are, are you having thoughts of suicide? Are you having thoughts of hurting yourself? Mm -hmm. And if they say yes, ask them, you know, what is your plan? What does that look like for you? Have you created a plan? And most people have. Yeah. They might say, you know, there's different things. One that I hear often is, um, well, I just think about driving off the road. Mm or something of that nature. And so then it's important to talk more about that. Okay. So what's the reason that you are thinking about those things? Cause not everybody realizes that there are thoughts lie to us in this world. It's interesting because people get so committed to their thoughts and opinions that they're not willing to take a look at it and say, Hey, wait a second. Is my thought lying to me right now? Right. Our thoughts can be challenged. I'm sure that you can have very different thoughts and opinions about things now than you did five years ago. Yeah. Thoughts and our thoughts lie to us. And so it's important to, you know, ask people, so what are you thinking about that? What does that look like? And if they have a plan, 
um, ask them, do they have reasons? What are your reasons for living right now? And most, most of us aren't mental health professionals. So then it's important for them to get plugged into mm-hmm. talking to a mental health professional. And that's where 988 comes in. I think that that's a beautiful, beautiful resource for everybody. Mm-hmm. And for, for those of you that have friends that, um, maybe are talking about suicide and you don't know what to do. Maybe the friend isn't able or isn't a space where they want to call. You can call 988 as well and say, Hey, you know, how am I supposed to manage this? But mostly suicidal ideation doesn't necessarily mean that somebody has to go to a hospital, but it does mean that they need to get care. Right. right. And so it's important to get them plugged in with a mental health professional that can really make that assessment and help that person kind of walk through mm-hmm. yeah, what that looks like. For sure. Um, and I kind of want to circle back to what you mentioned earlier about from the outside looking in, people believe that people that die by suicide are selfish for committing suicide. But that's obviously untrue. Could you kind of tell us a little bit? Yeah. Do you hear that? Do you hear that a lot, Kiana? Um, Is that something that you hear still? I still hear that. Not in, I think from my elders, I hear that. And that kind of connotation, that aggression and that like anger towards people that have died by suicide. I'm one of your elders. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't say that. Not not all of them say that. I'm like, I know, but that's because I've been trained in it. That's something that I used to say once upon a time. Yeah. Again, you know, it's those systems that that we that we are raised in. We see things that or believe things that aren't necessarily true. That's why we. That's why it's so important to challenge our thinking and um, those those people, those individuals that are struggling with suicidal ideation, um, depressive disorders, different types of things. It's really important that they have friends and family Mm -hmm. to talk to. And it's really important that they have safe friends and family to talk to. So I would encourage anybody that's listening to this podcast, if somebody that comes to you um, is having suicidal thinking, and I really am going to encourage you to not shut it down. Mm-hmm. Something else that we think about or that sometimes we think is true is that if we shut that down or we just try to uh, tell the person that all the wonderful things that they have gone on in their life is going to help them, that doesn't necessarily help them. They have to come up with their reasons for living. Sometimes we can do that just by listening, but I guess where I was going with that, I'm kind of going off on a tangent as well. But if somebody comes to you and they're having these thoughts or you're questioning if they're having these thoughts, ask them, Mm -hmm. ask them, confront the topic, say, Mm -hmm. hey, are you having suicidal ideation? What does that look like for you? And if you don't necessarily, the listeners, if you don't necessarily feel that you're equipped to talk to people about something like one of the things that I want to encourage our listeners to do is to, if if you haven't already, and it's a topic that you feel uncomfortable discussing to just get the training, get the tools to put in your tool belt so that you know how to talk to one of your loved ones 
or friends or family members about suicide if if you run into anybody that would like to talk to you about that. But just get the training, um, equip yourself. And if you don't have that training, just know it's good to ask for help. And that's what I love about 988 is it can really give us that support system that most of us don't have. Mm-hmm. In addition to some of the stigmatizing language behind suicide, there's also the common phrase commit suicide, which is um, actually stigmatizing. We say the correct way to say it is died by suicide. Um, mm-hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit more, Jody? Yeah, I think that that and some of the stigmatizing phrases that we don't realize. Again, I think it's important for us to have grace with ourselves and others because we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But it's instead of saying committed suicide, it's important to talk about you know the person died by suicide or they took their own life. Um, Sometimes I'll hear people, even in my field, say a failed attempt Mm. or a successful suicide when talking about somebody. Yeah, it's pretty obvious, like Mm. maybe why we don't (laughs) want to say that, right? So um, that can just really inadvertently um, suggest that the person's survival is a failure. So that's Mm. just like something that we don't want to say. Um, And then I think it's important to not oversimplify reasons for suicide and Mm. suicide and mental health disorders and Depressive disorders are very complex, and there's a lot of different disorders that um, can help us or that can cause us to be having some of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important. I noticed that on the socials and with the endless array of information online that people can really oversimplify most mental health disorders. I see it with ADHD. I see it with um, OCD. I see it with Mm -hmm. suicidal ideation, trauma, different things. So I think suicide, it's really important that we don't oversimplify that. And we really get, um, we approach the topic with sensitivity and get professional help. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that help answer some of your questions? Yeah, for sure. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I want to bring this up, but I don't know if it's appropriate to bring up because I also don't know if it's true. This is why it's good for us to have this because we don't know certain things if they're appropriate or not. So this is good. I remember in college, I had a psychology teacher tell me that it's called committed suicide because it is a crime. And the reason why they did that is so that basically if somebody was in the act of committing <laughs> this is why I didn't want to record this I need to talk this through with you um if somebody okay. was in the act and like they needed to be rescued then police could break down the door because they're in the middle of a crime versus if it wasn't a crime they don't have reason to enter you know is that true You know, I don't really under, I don't know the history of the word, but I think it's important to look at the history of the word. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if that's true. I think that sometimes 
And I don't know if this is the case either, but this is just my thought, which can be wrong, like we're just talking about. But um, I think that sometimes we look at the history of things and that becomes an excuse as to why we have poor behavior. Mm. But we don't know what we don't know, right? So, yeah, I'm not sure the reason. I know that um, I... If I had to take, I don't even want to take guess. So you might have to cut this part out too. Yeah. But if I had to take a guess, I would say that it went back to um, religious beliefs. Mm. I could see that too. So or, I don't know. I, was I don't know. Else, though. I was thinking, this is weird. Weird how our brains went two different directions. I was thinking like slavery. Like, okay, killing themselves, which is like taking away one's property. Wow, weird. We don't and know. It, and really, and and so I think it'd be interesting for us to maybe do a deep dive on the history of the language. It could be a lot of things because that's where that stigmatizing language comes from. And we don't realize, and I do think it's really important to understand the history of language Mm -hmm. because of that. Yeah. We want to understand what are the origins. And then that's typically how we can challenge that thinking. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I hear often is, Oh, well, I've always said that you can't say anything anymore. Mm that's kind of a lazy way of excusing yourself out of taking responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Right. Mm -hmm. And instead it's saying, I see that I'm doing something that isn't helpful to another human being. Mm -hmm. And it's important for me to have compassion, understand where I learned this bias, this belief, this stigmatizing, this, whatever it is, ableist, racist Mm -hmm. attitude, whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. and challenge our thinking on that. That's the only way to be anti in all of these areas Mm -hmm. is to challenge our beliefs because we are, everybody is raised in a system Mm -hmm. that is stigmatizing. Yeah. And you have, you, you get a choice. We live in the good old United States of America. So you get a choice. Do you want to change that thinking and be compassionate and loving to people, including ourselves? Or do you want to, anyway, that's a whole nother, cha- <laughs> a whole nother, but it is interesting how our thoughts went to different, yeah. different ideas. I want to talk about one thing and I know that we don't have a lot of time left, but this idea sur- surrounding, um, religion and suicide. I think that's an important conversation to have as well, because I do still hear people often saying that if somebody died by suicide, they're going to go to hell Mm. or some of those type of things. And I mean, I, I don't know how somebody could say something like that, but because I, I think that's still one of our unknowns. And while we're on the topic of various mental health disorders, um, this brings up the topic of seasonal affective disorder, which is um, also called SAD. 
around this time of the year, some people are affected by it. There's like some evidence that the causes behind it are linked with the seasonal changes, just like less sunlight um, affecting melatonin regulation and things like that. Yeah. So SAD is actually in the DSM-5, which is where therapists, mental health professionals um, in the United States, where we have our different classifications of mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. What people call SAD is actually major depressive disorder with the specifier of seasonal pattern. So some of the language that we use when we're talking about SAD, we know what that is. And it's actually classified as major depressive disorder. So in order for somebody to um, have major depressive disorder with that seasonal pattern, they have to meet certain criteria. And, um, but with the seasonal pattern with SAD, and that's what I just want to call it for now, because that's what most people call that um it does happen during there's patterns that what we that's what we look at what are the patterns and so the patterns come up typically in the winter months and the fall months but also sometimes people experience the that in summer months Mm -hmm. too because it is major depressive disorder and that comes in cycles itself so that's a disorder that is cyclical as well Mm -hmm. so but there's different types of feelings that come with it. Hopelessness, um, worthlessness, some of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we can have loss of interest in different activities that, you know, for those experiencing this disorder, mm-hmm. um, it can become more difficult during different times of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any questions? What are some of the behaviors associated with SAD? Yeah, so we've already mentioned a few of those symptoms that go with it. Loss of interest. So does somebody find themselves losing more interest in their regular activities? I think it's a lot of, so that's a behavior. You're not getting outside as much. You're not wanting to do the things that you normally do that's something that can be associated with that. It doesn't mean that you have now major depressive disorder with with a seasonal pattern. It just means that that's, you should probably talk to somebody, a mental health professional, because all these different disorders can be pretty complex. So Mm -hmm. they can have, um, they can have various symptoms that mimic. So that from a behavioral perspective, I'd say that there is that. One of the things that you talked about is how uh, maybe levels of sunlight can affect the melatonin or the serotonin levels in the brain. And that's there. there's truth to that. We do see evidence behind that as well with people with um, the seasonal pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what are some of the treatments for it? Treatments from a mental health perspective, again, it's somebody, it's something that somebody might want to talk to their mental health professional first to see if that's the accurate diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And mental health professionals can help with different types of 
therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, people call it CBT, REBT, rational motor behavioral therapy can help. Mm-hmm. A DBT, which is dialectal behavior therapy, that can really help. And I also think it's important when you're looking at any kind of mental health disorder to work collaboratively with either a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. which is somebody that understands um, mental health medications. It's Mm -hmm. a doctor that understands mental health medications or even your primary care physicians. So your regular doctor, because Mm -hmm. there can be some medication assisted treatment as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I was told it's actually more common than we think a lot of vitamin deficiencies, um, whether that's just like environment or diet issues. Um, but a lot of people are deficient in like vitamin D, which is crucial for melatonin production. Especially those up in the Pacific Northwest where there's a lot of rain. Now Mm -hmm. they might get like um, in Idaho, there's still where I grew up, there's still a lot of sunshine, even though you have winter months, right? But like over in Portland, Seattle area, there is a lot of rain. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there could be vitamin deficiencies as well. Again, it's important to work with your primary care physician, get those blood tests, those type Mm -hmm. of things to help. and. You bring up a good point and people will get tired of me hearing it or me of hearing it and hearing me say it, but it's focusing on the basics is the most important thing. Sleep, nutrition, exercise. If we don't have that, a lot of people want to come in, they're looking for a miracle cure. That's where we start the basics, sleep, nutrition, exercise. If we're not Focusing on that foundation, it's going to be very difficult to manage our mental health disorders. Yeah, for sure. Um, When I was in therapy, that was definitely it. It was just, how do I get back to the basics? And usually it's a simple resolution, but it feels like it's the worst thing ever. And it's terribly difficult when you're in it. Obviously, it's like so hard to get out of it. But um, having a therapist is really nice because it's like an accountability partner. It's someone that you want to have good news and tell them when you do get to meet them, you're like, I finally did what you told me to do. And that's just like that little cheerleader. You're like, my therapist would be proud of me every time you like go work out or things like that. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah. So funny. I get people homework sometimes, but I'm like, you don't get graded on this. So if you don't do it, it's yeah. totally okay. You don't get graded on this. No, and um, my homework serious though with my therapist. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it's like, what am I going to tell my therapist? Did yeah. I get it done or not? But that one of the things that you talk about, it's so hard. Sometimes that's where it's important to do like have a collaborative approach with your doctor because sometimes it's hard to do the basics. Mm -hmm. So we want to sleep well, we want to eat well, we want to exercise. And sometimes it's to the point where we can't. So Mm -hmm. I, I typically encourage people though, because most humans are all or nothing. If they don't get that hour of exercise in, it's like, oh, I'm I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to exercise at all the rest of the day. Do five minutes of exercise. Do some counter push-ups after you get done using the restroom or brushing your teeth or something. It's right there. Mm -hmm. So you can add some of those habits and stack some of those habits on things that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. That can help you get into the practice of having good hygiene in those areas 
Mm-hmm. Well, not in brushing your teeth out of the restaurant. Good sleep hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You could <can> cut that. <laughs> I kind of like it. Gotta, why are you friends with me? I still don't get it. I'm keeping that for you. <laughs> um, I feel like this is actually a pretty good segue because we're kind of, we talked about stigmatizing language. Mm-hmm. Like that. We can also talk about stigmatizing language with cancer. Because I you informed me a lot about that and I didn't even realize, you know, that was stigmatizing language. So, yeah. I'd well, love to that yeah, I think and that's the importance of having the conversations, mm-hmm. right? So here's some truth. I didn't even know that there was such thing as ableist until I went into grad school and I was born with a disease. I am a person with a disability. I am disabled. And so I didn't even know that ableist was a thing until I was in my late Mm thirties. Right. So we don't often understand that we have the stigmatizing language that can oppress people. And then when we're aware of it, it's important to make the changes. So as it relates to people that are experiencing cancer, mm-hmm. um, we hear often, oh, survivor, if you're a survivor, that is wonderful. And that's great. And also for those that are going through it, maybe they're not going to survive. And so it's important to not put that added. We can unintentionally put added pressure mm-hmm. on them. And because of our uncomfortable feelings with death and disability and mental health and physical health, we often put that, oh, let's put a light and a rainbow and shine the light and the rainbow on everything. when. Oftentimes, people just need us to speak truth. They need to be able to say the truth. Hey, yeah, I believe in miracles. And also at the same time, I'm experiencing this medical issue that I'm going through that's hard, Mm -hmm. right? I've never been a person with cancer, but I I am a person with spinocerebellar ataxia, type 18. Say that three times really fast. And it is considered a fatal disease. It's progressive. And so most people, people live different ages with different types of SCA. So it's, I often, people will tell me, oh my gosh, you're so inspiring. And they say that because I might exercise or I might travel alone or I might do things that any typical person would do. That's not inspiring. Right. I'm doing the same thing (laughs) that somebody else is like, if I win a Grammy or like I, you know, climb this ridiculous mountain or I do something that's really phenomenal, call me inspiring, inspiring any day of the week, but please don't call me inspiring because I did my 30 minutes of exercise. (laughs) It might be a little more difficult, but right. And I also think it's important, instead of shining a light on everything, it's important. We have to be able to look at the dark in order to see the light. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's how we have acceptance. And sometimes for people that are living with fatal disabilities or fatal, fatal diagnoses, whatever they might be, it's important for them to be able to talk about that. Hey, yeah, I believe in miracles. And at the same time, this is how this is showing up in my life. So right. I have to accept that. I have to see that. And I have to move forward with that in the best possible way. And sometimes those days can be really tough for people. And sometimes they can be really great for people. Mm. And we have to have grace for those folks that don't understand stigmatizing language. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I kind of, I always go on rants with you, but I don't know if that helps with any of that. No, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like you opened my eyes to maybe some of the things that I I would say before, but now I understand how it could affect someone, Um, you know, obviously not living in their body or walking in their shoes. It's Mm -hmm. hard to have that conversation, but um, yeah, this was helpful. helpful And it's easy. I, I also think it's important, though, that, again, I keep going back to grace, right? Because if we don't have grace with those people that are saying the things that they don't even realize that they're saying, um, and we feel like we have to be their teacher, then we don't have the relationship. The best way, I think, for example, to teach people not to be ableist is, hey, show up in relationship with me. Mm. And probably some of the things that you may have said or not said in the past, Mm. um, you might change your language just Mm. by hanging out with me. I don't have to say, hey, please don't say X, Y, Z. I don't have to be somebody's teacher, but just show up in relationship. Ask the person. And especially with, you know, And again, I can only speak for people with disabilities and different type of medical disorders because I relate to that group of people. But sometimes it's asking that person, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you identify what, how, how do you say this? Sometimes people are okay. They want, they believe in identity first language. Some people believe in person first language. I kind of, I go with both, you know, how do we write it? But it's also important as organizations that we set that bar Mm -hmm. a little higher. Mm -hmm. And especially if we're wanting to help people, some people are coming to us with end of life issues, Mm -hmm. whether it be cancer, whether it be anything. And it's important for them to have a safe space that they can talk about their fears they're the things that really make them angry, the things that really make them sad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they're living with that, oftentimes they feel like they have to show up for their loved ones and make everything good for their loved ones. And that can just be added pressure. Mm-hmm. So as organizations that support people that are living with cancer or having mental health disorders or any type of, you know, medical disorder or potential end of life disorder. I think it's important for us to really look at our, our language and challenge ourselves and also understand that we're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We all do. Yeah. Right. But it's learning and growing. 
Right. Yeah. And it's always better to say something than nothing at all. So just asking (laughs) most of the time, it's not going to be the end of the world. If you ask and it's wrong, then, oh, okay. Yeah. You fixed it. Yeah. And then there's that humor piece too, right? The people that I hang out with a lot that are closest with me. Yeah. They get it. They get a joke with me because I know where their heart's at Mm -hmm. and we have that relationship. Mm -hmm. So We don't want that to end either, but they're also my biggest allies. Mm -hmm. And so I think the same thing probably, again, just for anybody dealing with any kind of, um, you know, progressive disease, what that might look like. It's important to just have those conversations Mm -hmm. or be open. Some people don't want to have the conversations and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Okay. I feel like we talked about quite a few different subjects, um, very impactful Mm -hmm. things. Thank you so much, Jodi, for sharing your knowledge on the various categories that we spoke about. And again, we just want to put out there that this podcast is not therapy. If you are interested in therapy, please go seek mental health support. Um, Get the support that you deserve and advocate for yourself. Yes. Be your best friend. Yes. And <laughs> with that, we thank you for joining us. And thank you. Thank you, everybody. Time. And thank you, Kiana. Of course. Thanks, Jody. All right. We'll see you later. Okay. Have fun. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of Mirror Mirror. Continue to join our unique friendship as we candidly dive into various aspects of mental well-being and where we'll embark on a transformative journey of self-reflection. We'll see you next month. This is the Mirror Mirror Podcast. Woo! All right. (laughs)